Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's good, everybody? It's your man Ike Jones here. We are back with another Auburn Express going down into Lob Town with my guy Auburn Means here to talk. Auburn versus Memphis. Auburn goes down to Memphis. First loss of the season. The final score, 82 to 73. Memes. Uh, what happened, man? I've, what prepared, happened? I've prepared an opening statement. Where was the pain, Jameis? Yeah, just pain. It was pain everywhere. So we got to keep on pushing, pushing through and being resilient. All right, I hope that came through the mic. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, yeah, so... We're we're down. I hate Jameis Winston. If we're we're at a point we got to quote Jameis Winston, uh, that's that's where we are. But uh, yeah, a uh, pain everywhere is where we're at. But that's where we're at, and it won't be long. And we're going to talk about why. We'll start getting into it. As much as I don't want to, we're going to get into it. Yeah, I mean, it. Here's the thing. I mean, it it, it was bound to we're bound to lose a game this season. Um, I don't like the manner in which we played this game at all. Um, Defensively, I think just from the very beginning, Auburn looked out of sorts. A lot of you know, like direct drives to the rim, a lot of backdoor stuff happening. Um, just didn't feel like we were in in the right spots defensively a lot. They had a good Memphis had a good game plan. They came in and they executed it well. And uh, Auburn never seemed to really be in control at any point during this game, even when they had the few leads that they had uh, during the game. Yeah, no. Part of the game plan, I think that took a little bit of a little bit in the notes from Colgate was the we'll we'll let you have the three pointer. We'll dare you to shoot it. We're not going to let you drive down. We know that is how this game is going to be predicated around. And for a little bit there, they were getting a little hot on those three pointers. But inevitably, once the averages came out in the first half, they ended that first half at twenty eight point six percent three throw uh, three point shooting. Excuse me. Uh, which is not good. Now, the highlight there, as I teased, was the free throw was much better. And that was something they had struggled with for a little bit now. So there was just, we got to find some silver linings. That's definitely going to be it. Uh, it was nice to see KD get some down uh, from deep early once again. Still not seeing that fire from Wendell. And that's something that uh, <laughs> we could really see. Now, second half, we had even worse from deep going two for 10 for. 20%. So once again, I guess, what is that? What is that from down deep here? We have a uh, 25% from the, from deep and coming off how they shot against Colgate last week, far, far better. Uh, that That's tough. And it's going to what you said about the defense is that that most definitely was what they were allowing them to do. They were getting, uh, they're getting them some zone looks that definitely did not make them feel comfortable. They let them rotate it and pass it around outside very well. I mean, they were getting they were getting the balls, they were getting the looks they wanted, but they just weren't they weren't dropping. So that was the uh, that was the tail of the tape. And on top of that, when you shoot threes, and uh, let's get into the most frustrating part of the night, especially the first half, is the rebounding because that is where 
that was by far the first crack this foundation was rebounding and then everything from there uh, followed. Yeah. I mean, I talked about this in, in the pregame that I did for this is it was going to be key to keep second chance points to a minimum for Auburn to be able to, to make sure they were doing what they could do to uh, win this game. Let's take a look. Second chance points for Memphis, only 11. That doesn't feel like a lot, but 14 offensive rebounds. 14 offensive rebounds. They actually actually dominated the the glass against Auburn, which you don't see happen very often. Um, only ended up 43 to 32 total rebounds. Was that 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 deficit um, shrank as the game went along? But Memphis was was controlling the glass. Double digits more rebounds in this game, and I think to your point, that was what impacted. We didn't get very many second chance points. Um, only nine total, but just not a lot of uh, glass cleaning happening tonight from the Auburn team. No, uh, that unfortunately not. That was a, a major issue. And even when they would get down low, uh, I noticed there was that just, and we'll, I know I'm sure you got this highlight in your notes, that uh, rebound that Dylan Cardwell got, I think, three different times and turned it over and rebounded it and turned it over. Mm-hmm. They just could not get it out. I mean, that was just, that was just, that was it for the night. That uh, yeah. getting that, that happened multiple times where we would secure the board and then we couldn't get it out of the backcourt because of some just sloppiness. Right. Especially second half. I, I think there was some mental, there was most definitely, I shouldn't say think, some mental frustrations. I do like how the guys closed the game. They they dialed that back. They got focused right again. But for the, I'm going to say around that 10 to 15 minute mark, you could definitely just see the fact that nothing was clicking for them, mm-hmm. and it was starting to crumble. Now, luckily, within sub seven minutes of that game, they dialed that back. But yeah, down low, it was just it was pa- going back to the original Jameis quote. It was just pain, yeah. And a lot of people uh, had frustration for that. And I mean, the stats the stats back up everything that we were feeling down to the uh, down to the down to the tape here. And you you said you used the word second chance points a lot but uh, let's let's use that play on words and zoom in on someone named chance mm. take a chance to talk about chance yeah not a good game from him uh i can only think of one really good play he made the entire night it was an assist uh that ended in a dylan caldwell slam outside of that i mean just about every shot that he put up looked awful um, he had some very tentative moments when he was bringing the ball up the floor. He just did not look comfortable the entire night. Um, just, I mean, I mean, gosh, man, his plus and minus. Can we talk about the plus and minus for this young man? We get, yeah, we got to go to plus and minus. It's, time, it's that time. Got to go to uh, plus and minus. Pain. Yeah. We'll say that all night. Pain. The plus minus for Chance Westry in this ball game. Minus seven. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't the worst one. Yeah, let's okay. say it, it gets it gets worse. We, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. But the the minus seven plus minus, he did not play a ton of minutes in this game because he. I don't think um, that the coaching staff felt like he was ready for the moment. He and he looked ill prepared for it. Uh, but three fouls in the game, he did not make a single bucket. Right, like every shot that he put up just looked. It, he shot one three pointer that hit nothing but backboard from, uh, from. I, I don't. I just don't. I don't even know how you miss a three pointer that badly. Um, yeah. Auburn. If that was another team in the jungle, the Auburn student sections would have been talking. They'd have been chanting that the entirety of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean that that is that is an unforgivable shot. Um, Auburn won't let you forget it. We don't like to see him come from uh, our side of the court. That's for sure. And I do have an unfortunate photographic uh, memory. That was, that was a core memory of that game was that shot not going in. Yeah, it was, it was awful. It, it it hit the backboard so hard. I, I'm pretty sure that there's a dent in that backboard after that. <laughs> the, ball, the ball wasn't bouncing right after that shot. Yeah, it, did. <laughs> it, it probably had. I, I don't know, like, if, if when you were coming up, did they call them, like, nipples in the basketball where it would, like, have this awkward bump in it? Um, that's what probably happened after that. But it was it was it was pretty bad. I mean, listen, he had three assists, but then he turned around and had three turnovers as well. He just didn't have a good game, man. Um, and again, he didn't play a lot of minutes, so I don't know that if 
maybe it's a thing where he needs to play more minutes so he can get settled in. Um, and, and the the limited number of minutes is actually hurting his ability to get settled into the flow of a game. But if he's going to be coming off of the bench, that's one of the hard things to do as a player who's used to being the guy is being a, being asked to come off of the bench and then contribute immediately. When you're used to like, you're there from the, the tip and you're playing heavy minutes throughout the game, it is difficult to ro- move into that role. And maybe he's just struggling with that right now, just trying to come off the bench and contribute. But I think what is most disappointing for Auburn fans is watching him play so well in Israel and then come here and it's not showing yet. And, you know, you can say pre-injury, he's still trying to get his legs from up under him, both literally and figuratively, but uh, it just hasn't looked good. Yeah, and uh, going to the minutes there, he played eight minutes, which Wendell played 32. 32. So we go into that, there's 40. So there was the direct uh, rotation there. Mm -hmm. Now, Wendell's season average had been 25 and a half, so Bruce was putting him in there about seven more minutes than he had been all season. Uh, going over to Chance's averages, his had been 14 a minute or 14 mm-hmm. minutes per game this season. So you almost see directly the uh, shift of minutes there between the two of them, between the season averages, between this game. Now, Chance had missed some games due to that injury, but it was six to, I guess, now nine. So it's not a huge, huge uh, difference as far as the uh, sample size there. But yeah, and I, I love that you brought that point up because I was thinking about that all game almost with a sick feeling in my stomach just for how, I guess, maybe prematurely hyped I felt about it. Mm-hmm. But going on just the freshman class here, I was really excited for what Chance was going to bring. And I think that segues us up to our next guy, uh, mm-hmm. Treor, because they both, I mean, especially Treor, lit it up, barely getting outshaved for scoring in Israel by. A broom, yeah. But the two of them, I mean, the two of them, but especially Treor, I mean, even against all levels of competition in Israel, because that national team was a good team. They very played very consistent ball, and I, we have not seen it yeah. tonight. Now, going on to this game tonight, as far as Treor goes, he was at twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. His season average is about fourteen, so he's not too far off there. Now, the rest of it is which. That was that was going to be the last um, happy part of this. It's just the minutes, but uh, let's see. So that was him, and then uh, did Trey did Trey Donaldson play tonight? I don't, I don't remember. I don't seeing think him he in checked there. in at all the entirety okay. of the game. Which you know we talk about the additional minutes that Wendell played. A portion of that is is Trey Donaldson not playing the last two games. Really, Trey Donaldson has found himself buried in the rotation uh, for whatever reason. I I don't know what the answer to that is, but uh, you know you saw him come in in when the game was in hand against Colgate and he didn't see the floor at all tonight. Yeah. And that's interesting. Cause Trey just doesn't have a lot of points, but he also didn't put up a lot of shots. So you're, he's not killing you on the plus minus from that standpoint of turnovers, missed shots, et cetera, et cetera. He's more of just, he's been a good defensive presence and a fair ball handler. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't really complain about the few minutes he's had thus far in the season. He's averaging, I guess, eight and a half so far. They haven't been horrendous. They just haven't been anything to... They don't add or take away. It's just essentially right. a body out there. But going back to trail for this game, rough day for the freshman, and we just got to call it for what it is. Worst plus minus on the team. Now, Chance had a minus seven. Less minutes, or more, minus 16. Yeah. And the rest of these stats we're going to dive into for him... Do not be I mean, the I was about story. to say, there, there are no other stats for him besides him being on the floor. He only had one board. That's it. Well, I guess, too, that I guess you don't really see these align a line here, but the uh, the eye test, the the untimely fouls, the bad turnovers. Yeah. The just complete, just looking like deer in headlights on defense. And I hate to, and I, I said I wasn't going to say this, but we're gonna, we're just going to have to go there. I love these guys, and it's, it's just one game, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna go bad before we wash this away with some sunshine pumping. And I don't mean this as an insult, but it is absolutely what it is, and we just have to make this comparison because that's where we're at right now. There were some moments in that game def- defensively, especially around that ten minute mark in the second half, where those guys out there looked like Auburn's offensive line of football. Mm. They were just watching guys run right through them. Yeah. Didn't even make an attempt to stop him. Hey, you want to come right down here? You want to you make it to the board? You just come right on by me. I'll wave you as you pass me. And there were many plays last year 
where, as we remember, we talked about it on the pod, the offensive linemen let the it, basically anybody on Auburn's opponents do that. Linebackers, safeties, defensive linemen, it didn't matter. Hey, come on right through. Get, get your quarterback, get your running back, have at them. That's how I felt like literally some moments of that same level of frustration of just there was not even an attempt at defense. He didn't even attempt to get in his way. He didn't attempt to get your hands up. You just let him breeze by you, open the path for him. And I think why that hurts even more in the moment. Now, this was on a long part of the game. Some portions, and like I said, around probably a five, six, four-minute mark around the middle of the second half where it just felt like it was a constant to where I think they were just mentally getting uh, shaken up a little bit where they let that lead get away from them. But why that hurt is defense had been the backbone of this team, and everybody said defense was going to carry them. And had you had a little bit more of that defense – could have done it and that was where and it was just there was a moment there where they just memphis one i mean props to memphis they just weren't missing shots i mean even well defended shots they were just training them in so they were hot but also auburn let them have far too many to just not disrupt the rhythm at all and they weren't responding either so that one was uh that was a bit of a head scratcher as far as just what was going on there for that and some of these erratic rotations but i'll um i'll, I'll pause it right there and just let you you know, jump on a little bit more about this, uh, this defense. Yeah. So here's, here's one thing that I wonder, and, um, we haven't seen it employed really since the middle of last season, but I do wonder why we didn't switch up defensively, um, to, to a zone at any point in time, because we were having such a tough time keeping guys in front of us, why we didn't just say, all right, let's, let's abandon this man pressure thing and figure out how to just, go and 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 force them into shooting at more outside shots because you 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 got to you got to protect the paint better than what we were and i think maybe you know i, I just wonder if Bruce Pearl ever even considered it I, and it doesn't feel like he did because it never happened but just like do we go to a zone to try to cure guys running like you said just wide open running down the lane past us and there were multiple times, too, where guys just weren't even picking up their – it wasn't just, hey, we're in a bad rotation. They said a good pick here. We're all, I mean, it was just – I remember one shot, and I thank goodness they missed it. But I, I can remember toward the end of the second half, probably I want to say maybe five or six minutes left, you could see KD just visibly frustrated in the corner of your screen, throw his hands down. Guy just wide open. No one remotely close to him. And he took the three. He missed it. But, I mean, you just saw KD point and kind of scoff in frustration because no one was – like. Whoever was supposed to be covering just that area, that guy, wherever, complete blown assignment. Yeah, and it was, and it was almost immediate. So it wasn't like they ran a cheeky rotation to throw Auburn off and get a guy, you know, running out there open quick. I mean, it was basically right on, right like cross the half, right on setup, just immediate. And you're you're right. I mean, the the and there were some other times too. Like I, I know, I was watching at one point. No harm, no foul on this one. But there was a point where Dylan was up on a guy nearly about near half court. And I was like, what What are we doing where they're drawing our five all the way, all the way out there? And um, it just, it, a lot of it did not make any sense. And a lot of it seemed like there was a lot of confusion. And the other thing too, and this is just going to be my little grief gripe with officiating. We saw how many fouls were called in the first half. I mean, the refs were really heavy on the whistle. Mm-hmm. I think they called, what, was it two fouls on each team within the first two minutes of the game? Mm-hmm. That was how many fouls that they had called in the first 10 minutes in the second half. And now I'm not going to say in that time period it was like, oh, they were going on Memphis's way or they're going on Auburn way. It's just a generic statement, and this isn't a sore loser attitude. This is just a blanket statement. I'll say win or lose is – and I know this frustrates a lot of people, players and coaches, fans, everybody. It's just inconsistent officiating. Now, it's one thing if it's just, hey, they're they're chippy all night long and they're just calling everything or, hey, they're just letting them play and get away with it. But when you go really heavy at one point during the game and then all of a sudden you're just 180 how you're officiating, it makes the consistency really, really frustrating. And I think you saw a lot of that between the first half and the second half and then the end of the second half for how they were calling those fouls. Uh, the one that Bruce about got thrown out of the game for. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love that. And here's the thing about it. If Auburn's going to lose, like get, get 
get get, get Bruce Stone out of the game. Like, just get us get us excited. I think he was going for it, honestly. I think yeah. at that point in time, he was committed to, I'm going to keep chirping at this ref until he kicks me out of this game. Mm-hmm. And crazy enough, the guy trying to calm Bruce Pearl down is uh-huh. Payne Johnson. That was, that was my absolute, absolute favorite moment. Incredible. Yes. The, out of all the people. Um, that was awesome. I mean, Bruce had him, uh, Stephen Pearl, and then I, I think somebody else. I can't remember. It might have been Wes Flanagan tugging on him, too. I mean, Bruce, that was uh, that. that's probably top five maddest I've ever seen Bruce in a game. I loved it. I mean, hey, I want more of that. You know, like I said, it didn't, it didn't, at the end of the day, that tech had nothing to do with the final part of the game, but just yeah. seeing the emotion, seeing him get after it, uh, at least gave me something to get excited about. But once again, going back to the inconsistencies of that, you saw it clearly there. The guy flailed his leg. There was some contact after the shot. Ref was right there, kind of odd. The other one, too, that I was a little confused about was the uh, push-off that they said uh, on the turnover that Flanagan pushed. the. I did not really see that in the replay. Yeah, and then, of happened. course, the real chippy offensive foul and Wendell at the end there. So, I mean, if you look at that, you, you get a turnover, you get an and one, and then really you just hope that either uh, – I guess that was Chris Moore makes that layup, which God, I can't believe that didn't go in. Yeah, or he gets some buckets there. I mean, by that point, I think that would have brought Auburn within. I think that would have brought Auburn within four or five points if when Chris Moore missed that layup. I think mm-hmm. we were going to be within six at that point. Within so. six, yeah. So, and I think there was what maybe four, three, five minutes left in the game. I mean, there was a manageable amount of time. Oh no, yeah, that, that was a that was a hinge point. You make that bucket right there, and you're within. You know two scores, you know, two trips and you you you're right back in the game, but uh after after that didn't go down, we don't get the foul call, a turnaround uh technical foul, free throws. Yeah. The game was essentially over there. Yeah, you call you you got the crowd into. What I was what I was saying within within four is that was that was saying if Wendell had not gotten the uh oh, gotcha. the offensive foul called on him. So you had that and you had the Chris Moore sequence that happened right after that. Right. And I know if ands and buts, but I mean it it is the silver lining there, I'm not going to – because everybody could look at certain plays as all if they had just gone a little differently. I hate that they come down to officiating. I will say that, especially inconsistent officiating. But getting down to the nitty-gritty of uh, of all that was uh, the guys had fight. And they kept it going till the end because there was a little while there. It looked like Memphis was going to run into it. Auburn kept it going. They had that uh, t- tenacity to them, despite how frustrated they were just minutes before that in the game. That, to me, does give me some hope. And there's a lot of people over here. Everybody's still got their mind tuned into football. I've been telling everybody since mid-September, this basketball season, get your mind right. They haven't gotten their mind right because everybody thinks, oh, one loss, this team's terrible. They're never going to make it. Nothing, yada, okay, yada, can, yada. Can, can we talk about that for a second? Oh, yeah. Can we talk up? about the overreaction that happened? So it's clear that this is a basketball fan. I mean, excuse me, a football fan base. Yep. By how they react to losses. Because one loss does not end your season. I get it that you want to be able to brag, oh, we're, you know, only undefeated teams left and da-da-da. Like, I get all of that. But if anybody saw this basketball team and thought they were going to walk through this schedule undefeated, you're not paying attention, number one. Number two, I don't think people realize how rare it is to not lose any basketball games in in a season. Like, it just... It's more common in football that you have teams that just don't lose games and or that one loss wrecks your season type. Like, that's just not how it works. But there's too many games in a basketball season and there's too many. Somebody could just have a really good night. Things that could happen that wreck your ability to go under. It's just not a thing in college basketball. And I need people to realize that and stop trying to hope that your team is some super team that's impervious to losses or because you had a good night and you beat somebody that you're a really good team. Like those two things are just not the same. This is a, an okay basketball team right now. Not great, not terrible. Um, but people are definitely overreacting to one loss. Yeah. And it's all about, all about when you peak at the right time, how much you get better. I mean, the toughest thing from this, and it has been the tale so far, which to me gives me, I guess the most jitters for the future of the, season is going to be the freshman performance because I mean the you need those yeah. bench minutes now I think the 
I think the biggest blessing in disguise that people were not expecting was the Chris Moore stepping up. Mm-hmm. And I would I would say I would attribute some of that to you know Cardwell as well. I'd say the two of them, but especially Chris, have been playing more meaningful minutes. Because I mean, even in tonight's loss, Chris, and that was another little gripe. We can probably talk, loop back and talk about this a little bit. I don't know why Bruce pulled Chris after he made those two threes and was like playing really hot there for a minute, and they threw him on the bench. And I can't remember; I think he might have thrown Flan in or somebody else. But it's just like if he's hot, and so kind of the same with KD. It was like Chris Moore and KD were both of the guys who were had some consistency of just heating up throughout this game to some level of like. All right, we're, we're cooking a little bit. Let's turn up the heat. And then it was just like they got him out of the rotation. So I can gripe a little bit about the rotational side, but like so we can loop back to that. Let's uh, get back to the peaking and the rankings of all this. And I want to bring a few things up here. And first of all, it is how many teams already have one loss this season and Neverly's going to come. I mean, to me, if you can go into December, easy schedule, hard schedule, undefeated, I mean, that's a, that's a good start to any basketball season. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, North Carolina has four losses right now. Let's not forget they were number one not too long ago. So mm-hmm. you can fall pretty quick from it. But I want to do a little comparison here. I want to compare week five of last season to week five of this season because okay. there's there are fan bases, Auburn included here, after this game especially, football mindset that have just thought that this is the identity. This is the pace. This team's terrible. All the players are terrible. They're not going anywhere. This mm-hmm. is not. Let me clarify that is outside noise. That is not anybody on this podcast saying that oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is not us. That is a, a uh, echo chamber externally. We are just vocalizing to prove this point here. Last year's top five week five was Purdue, Baylor, Duke, UCLA. Okay. Out of those top five last year, which is Purdue. It was in that order. So Purdue number one, only Duke made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah. So just because you are in the top five, week five does not mean a thing. And here's the best part, too, is Alabama last season was ranked number nine with some pretty impressive wins on there this time last year. And uh, we will remind sounds, the listeners. Sounds a lot that, like this year, huh? Uh, there's some very odd similarities between the two teams in the happenings, which, I mean, I hope I hope history repeats itself for a lot of reasons there. But we won't delve deep into that right now. But Alabama did it in the season undefeated. Uh, undefeated. <laughs> what? A, that was a that was a funny joke. Uh, unranked. <laughs> hey. Unranked. Yeah, they they indeed were far from undefeated. Uh, they ended the season unranked. So rankings this early in basketball season, it is not. As everybody, football mindset. It is not like football because Alabama beat Houston tonight, and they they have pretty much. You could just tell by the energy on that side of the state. They have anointed themselves. They're they're probably already buying tickets for the Final Four is this year. I mean, that yeah. is that is how premature the gun is. Auburn fans are on the opposite end of that. And I think both extremes need to be dialed back in a lot. This is so early. There's so many things that can happen. And you just got to look for some of the intangibles and kind of say like, all right, what are the things that we think we're going to improve? What are the things that we're going to have to work around? Me personally, just judging, and this is the real test. Uh, coaching wise, we got to figure out some of these rotations here because I don't think the deep bench cycling that they had last year, especially given the fact that Chance and uh, Trey Orr, at as of right now, are not proving that they can give you consistent game minutes without a major drop off versus high level competition, going to be a problem. Because if you notice at Auburn's, if you look at the chart, look at the stats, full game. The plus minus versus the five starters versus the plus minus for the guys that came off the bench was drastically different in a bad way. Mm. So there were some rotations there that did not look great. Now, I think some of those were due to maybe some of the guys they were in there with. Not going to name any names here. But uh, I wasn't super impressed with Flanagan tonight. He had another kind of inconsistent game, which had me a little bit scared. So his bench... His bench time was not good. Um, obviously, KD. Now, his plus minus didn't really reflect it a whole lot. I mean, KD did play 25 minutes, which was the second most minutes played after Wendell. So I think a lot of that just to do with volume. But we saw what KD um, was able to do. Hold on one second. Was KD one for seven from deep? I thought yes. he 
Jeez, for some reason, I thought he at least made two from three. Did he? Did he get like a deep, um, a deep mid range that looked like a three potentially? I'm not sure, but yeah, no. I mean, definitely did not make a ton. I didn't. I didn't realize until looking at the stats he took that many threes. I remember him taking a lot. I remember. I remember he got that one early, and I was like, "All right, Katie's cooking." Uh, I guess I know Zep got one early too. I was like, "All right, Zep's starting to cook a little bit." Um, maybe I just maybe I saw that one that Zep took and just in my head I turned it to KD. I thought I could have sworn KD had two. Anyway, yeah, one for seven. That's the KD type stats that we don't want. Was right. those type balls? And of course, Auburn got out rebounded. Let's see here, uh, thirty two to um, box comparison. Give me just a second. Split box. There we go. Uh, thirty two to. 43 you don't love to see that now Auburn was rebounding a little bit better in the uh first half excuse me second half first yeah, half rebounding this is where it was terrible 11 rebounds the first half and then now this is gonna really love this Memphis in the first half had 25 right so that's where and on and and, and how close was it was it with it was within six at halftime uh Either six or eight. I can't remember actually. Which is now. which is still wild that uh, they kept it kept it that close there. And then the second half, props to Auburn here. They did uh, get twenty one rebounds in the second half, so a little bit yeah, better. Now a lot of those at the end of the half, so it was thirty eight to thirty two. So yeah, a lot of those kind of toward the end. But going back to Katie's shooting here, uh, the missing three from deep with that bad of rebounding, and the other thing too with the rebounding. It just seemed like no one was crashing in on the ball. Did you feel that too? I mean, it was just they, it was kind of deer in headlights looking at it. I mean, it, just, it was not even the attempts were very. I didn't feel like there was a lot of energy there to get after it. Maybe that's just couch frustration. But yeah, I think the, the biggest issue that I have with our rebounding this year, honestly, has been it, it isn't necessarily about the energy to go after it. It is the laziness on the securing. Like we talked about the. The frustration of watching uh, guys Dylan's. get a board and then get it stolen from them. But mm-hmm. like what happens a lot with us is the caroms and the loose balls that are, that are, are essentially rebounds where we're losing those battles where it's one guy in there trying to fight against two or three people and it gets tipped around a couple of times and then the other team secures it. That happens a lot with us this year. Um, and, you know, not as much this game, the offside rebounding, because we're hunting, you know, shot blocks um, or blocked shots. You're, you're hunting after those, so you're getting the backside rebound happening. That wasn't as bad this game, but those are the big things that, that have hurt us in rebounding. It's just we're not getting those scrappy rebounds. You know, it's usually if – we're, if we're getting a board nine times out of ten – it was one of those things where it's like it was only going to be an Auburn guy getting it. It's just those scrappy rebounds just don't seem to be going in our direction. Right. And then as far as the game here, I'm looking it up. Flanagan had five rebounds in the game, so that was good. And I think he had a decent amount last week, so he's still getting his bounds there. I'm assuming Broom. Yeah, Broom let it. Cardwell had also five, and that was the issue there. Cardwell was having some issues securing some of those, as we have alluded to numerous times already. Uh, Chance was zero with his game minutes. That was that was brutal. I mean, you had Wendell at least get two. So yeah, again, the the Chance Westry thing is puzzling for me because he's he's a bigger guard, so you anticipate him being able to get in there and mix it up a little bit on the boards. Um, The other guy that is. I mean, we, we've talked about the freshman performance. Treyor having having how, how many? He had one board. Yeah, like that's just not in twelve minutes. And you're six nine, six ten. You should have more than one rebound. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I just, yeah. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, too. And this, so they were just getting. It just, they were get just dominated in the paint, both sides of the ball. I mean, couldn't get anything going there. And it just makes me wonder, kind of moving forward, is. And this is a real test. I think it's going to be wake-up calling, and hopefully it's not a, this is the identity of the team. Do these guys have to essentially just do what freshmen have to do sometimes and say you got to sit and kind of earn your stripes a little bit, which, I mean, I think if you go, I mean, if you're at the point here where you've got three freshmen who are all having to inevitably play sub-five-minute averages, that might be 
bad. I don't think that's what anybody anticipated, especially uh, I mean, especially Chance and Trey Orr. I think Trey was probably the one most thought would, if anybody was going to kind of have to wait to maybe see a little bit of a sophomore rise, would have been him. But that just kind of makes you wonder, all right, do you reevaluate how your minute rotations go? And then you look more toward having Jalen and Will. Jay, I almost said Jalen and William. Jalen and Chris have more of those minutes and don't rotate out as much. Because, I mean, their season averages thus far are, let's see, Jalen is playing 25 and Chris Moore is playing 16. Yeah, Jalen Chris- only played 20 minutes tonight, which is odd when you look at what his average is. Right, and Chris Moore played 21. 21. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, all right, you start trying to, start trying to feed those guys you know flanagan played 28 minutes but looking at the point production there it's just almost kind of wonder if you had kept once again go back to the rotation i already said this won't hit it again but would it have been better to keep keep chris in there or jalen playing some of those minutes that he was getting yeah because from the shooting efficiency side of it and uh, defensive defensively i guess dylan was the only one that got blocks i think that was almost in the last like two or three minutes of the game. Right. So you had nobody down low getting any blocks. I mean, there was not any real defensive. uh, I mean, blocks or steals are very hard to come by. So you weren't really seeing a whole lot of that on either side. So it wasn't like the, well, you you could really feel it on the defensive presence. I didn't notice Flanagan passing the eye test defensively. There's not really anything that shows statistically either, where you just kind of sit there and wonder like, all right, well, would it have been better to have those minutes go around if there's going to be inconsistency because the one thing that we can say for Chris Moore and Jalen, I test and statistics back this up. They have been very consistent. Jalen Williams had the had um at least zero plus minus, which yeah. isn't bad. And Chris Moore had the best with seven. Right. So it, it kind of has you, you gotta wonder. And then I guess Zepp as well, another guy who's very consistent with uh not a ton of minutes either. You gotta kinda wonder like those guys that have been especially on last year's team were sort of your focal bench rotational guys. Like, do we need to just play on the fact that these are senior guys on this team? They know how to play ball. They are just, I'm going to use a very cliche phrase here, but they're just guys that are ready for the moment more. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the teams that have given Auburn fits over the last, you know, I'll say 20 games, right? So end of last season going into this season have been teams that have, Guys who've played a lot of basketball. I mean, hey, there's a guy out there from Memphis that was 26 years old, right? Hey, Zep, Zep's 25, right? Yeah. So okay, so they we got the old man ball. So there, there's the guys who have like the the Miami team last year. All of those guys were like 22 and up. Like they just had a bunch of dudes who had been in school for a long time playing ball. And so I, I feel like to your point, when there are games like this that you know are going to be big games. Early in the season, maybe not as bad to to allow some of the younger guys to get some time. But as we progress into the season, you do wonder whether or not that's going to start to go in the opposite direction where Bruce Pearl is going to lean on his more seasoned players because we're going to need to get this win tonight. Like I'm not saying that he felt like he could throw this win away, but I just don't know that in his mind it was more important to get them minutes like this so that it's not, you know, a in, we're one injury away from needing them to play these kind of minutes in big games, and they've never seen that environment before. So I don't know. I don't know whether it was one of those things or not. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying it was, though. Yeah, so I'm looking up here. I'm looking up their, uh, their, their uh, starters tonight and seeing uh, what their year, years were. So this is, I think, a pretty interesting – Deal here. Four of the five starters were all seniors at Memphis. Mm. The one guard who was a starter was a freshman, and he had a. Uh, <laughs> ironically, he had the only negative plus minus on the team for him. A very very bad. Um, oh wait, no. Did I? I'll make sure I cross referencing my. Cross-referencing my notes here. No, that was senior. Never mind. So the freshman, okay, he he did not. So it was just one senior had bad. So anyway, the freshman he did fine. So getting back there, yeah, 
They a very senior team. Another thing too. Once again, going back to the size deal, big team. Mm-hmm. At least down on the you know down deep, and then uh, they their guards are a little bit little bit smaller. So size match up there. Uh, they they did have some shorter guards that uh, got some minutes against Auburn, but they were scrappy and they were getting down and they were stealing the balls and they were being, they were agitating the guys. So I mean, it wasn't even a a size matchup deal. I mean, I think this really just goes down to the fact that if you look up Memphis's roster, a lot of those guys are all seniors. So it's going to be really interesting to see what that team does next season. But yeah. here. Sometimes, sometimes there's something to be said for guys that have been in the system and they've done this a long time. And you could see the difference between, I was looking up even the stats between this game and the UConn game last year, Auburn's first loss, which similar tale to tape, uh, as far as uh, rebounding goes, it was a bad rebounding night for them, but uh, Auburn was shooting 43% from deep that game. So you did not have that issue here. But this was a game where you could just really feel the presence of Jabari miss because Auburn had was, some travels like this. I was gonna say, okay, this is probably this is probably the first game where I was like, yeah, we we missed Jabari Smith not being here tonight because that you were just missing that spark plug. You know how he is just a natural gasoline. You're just waiting for Jabari to go out there, get the ball in his hands, don't pass it. Finally, play that selfish ball. Everybody's been begging him to do last season and just put the team on his back. And you just didn't have that moment from anybody because no one's really stepped up to kind of take that role of saying, all right, we're, we're cold. I'm going to light us on fire. And that was Jabari last season. I guarantee I can just about guarantee you if you had Jabari on this team right now, Auburn does not lose this game. Yeah. I I think it's a safe take for any, any game. So I'll say that all the time, every loss we have. Yeah, I, I just I think that he was that guy, especially from being able to shoot from distance, because when you need to be able to come back in games, you need to be able to shoot threes, man. And he was a he can catch fire at any moment type of guy, and he'll knock down two or three in a row, just stepping into a three, corner three, whatever, um, on a rotation. He was that guy. Uh now he's not like a, you know, give him the ball, get out of the way, go get a bucket guy, but he's definitely a swing it to him and let him let it fly guy and he's gonna knock it down because in those big moments in ga- in games where you just need it buckets he just seemed to come up with that kind of stuff yeah and i remember the tennessee game uh, in knoxville last season and it, it reminded me there were some there were some eerie similarities to this game from the auburn side i mean last mm-hmm. year i mean neither team is <laughs> it was just like which team is going to shoot marginally better than horrible Mm-hmm. That was such a painful game to watch. But I, I just remember the end of that game. I was at that game, so even worse. But just in that last little stretch of that game, Jabbar just said, like, I'm not going out like this. And he just lit it up. And I he, I know he made a few, like, a few just super clutch deep threes to make that game, like, just down to the wire where it was almost just a yeah. kind of a, a blowout here. And that's same, same thing of, for what, what was it, Arkansas, that he, he sent it to overtime with a couple of big threes at the end. It's just kind of who he was last year. Yeah, I mean that was just that was the thing is just, if he was out there, you could never count him out. And I mean KD has been that to a standpoint. The problem is KD got a little hotter at the beginning and not necessarily the end. Mm-hmm. But KD's once again KD's game, and this is where he's just got to like look himself in the mirror and evaluate his own identity. His what his role on this team cannot be predicated upon. I'm going to just throw up threes till they start draining. It's got to be I got to I got to drive in. I got to draw fouls. I I mean, he needs to be a get down to the paint guy because that's where his game is the strongest. Yeah. So the thing I, I wish KD realized about his game a little bit more too is that he actually has a really good medium range shot. Mm-hmm. And if he'd utilize that, he could probably get it whenever he wants to because he's such a ferocious driver and because he's he is a capable three-point shooter. Like, make guys back off of you, drive at them hard, once they're on their heels, stop on a dime. Give me something from 15. If he would take that shot more often, he would probably be as close to an unstoppable offensive weapon as there would be because you don't have a way to defend him then. Because yeah. if he's not hitting his three, you just back off of him and you dare him to drive right now. If he's hitting the three and you go up on him, he's going to drive to the hole and he's either going to throw up some wild shot, get fouled, or make a really ridiculous bucket with contact if he added that medium range game more consistently there's no way to there's literally no way to guard him yeah and he had one tonight if i remember correctly because he went out exact same thing guy backed off of him he dropped back and then it was just little little uh probably 
two or three steps back from a free throw, just faded it, drilled it, kept on going. I was trying to, I couldn't, I couldn't pull up the, uh, the timestamp exactly when that was right now. I was trying to get it real quick, but, but do you remember, do you remember, is that shot ringing a bell in your head? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, perfect. All right. As long, as long as you got it, just need to verify that I didn't just dream that, but yeah, and that, that's exactly it is I think just kind of figuring out what that role is going to be, how to be that spark plug and what to do it. And they were, like I said, in the first half, they were doing a good job of getting Memphis and just some, you could tell they're putting them in an awkward situation with the fouls. And like I said, some of that could be officiating, which you already hit on here, but there was not enough. I know they had that zone that Auburn did not really like, did not sit well with how they're <clears throat> running the, uh, running the flex out there. But the, they were just, the, the, the attempts were far and few in between of just trying to get down there and get a foul. And, uh, it odd. Uh, oh, another one too. I just gotta since this just popped up in my head real quick. Very bizarre uh, goaltending call. Oh yeah, because the Memphis players yeah. who actually touched it. So it's like I don't even understand how that goes against Auburn there. But yeah, that was a, just a strange deal. And also too, like I understand the rules of it, but I just think just by how goofy the shot was, Zeps three that actually technically did go in and just hit everywhere else on top of the board and the. Oh, it was uh, it was uh, that was Wendell actually. That oh, that was Wendell's. That's right. When they hit the, the the shot clock and then bounced back in and went in. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why in my head I told myself that. Was, I even tweeted that was up and then deleted because I realized like oh, that was Wendell. And then here I go doing it again. I guess in my heart of hearts, I really wanted Zep to make that shot. <laughs> but yeah, that was a weird shot. And I'm like, you know, just can you at least give him two for that one? Because I mean, like <laughs> that's a shot. Like you just can't. He couldn't do that again if he wanted to. If he if he sat there unopposed, he could make plenty of threes. He could not do it. All right, now bounce it off the top twice. All right, it was, it was it was the McDonald's commercial with Jordan and Bird. Like, mm-hmm. bounce it off the rim, top top of the backboard twice. Hit the shot clock. Nothing but net. Yep. Yeah, and that was <laughs> exactly what it was. Uh, that was that was really funny. If that if they had no uh, out of bounds rules on goals, that would be really funny to see things like that happen and they actually count. Kind of get a little like Harlem sprinkle a little Harlem Globetrotters in the game. But uh, yeah, just from the uh, just from the theatrics of it, that was a uh, a funny shot to get. I know that's got to really stink too when you're just like you're you're mad that you made it, and that, or mm-hmm. excuse me, you're mad I, that you missed it, but you actually did make it, and you're just like that's even worse. I'd rather. Just I, I don't even think it, when I think about the, I think he wasn't even looking at like when it bounced up and hit the top of the backboard. I think he had turned his head and stopped looking. He don't think he realized that it went in until um, afterwards. Yeah. Do you think okay, just uh, theoretical here? Do you think that would be better? For your confidence, or do you think that would like almost just make you frustrated enough to where it like would disrupt your mental focus? Like, oh my gosh, that really just happened. Um, you know what? I don't know that it would ruin anything confidence wise for me if I were a shooter. I would just kind of I think from that standpoint, you know you got good rotation on it, right? Because it's it it hit the rim and it actually stayed in play, all that kind of thing. So you know, okay, I right, I'm I'm rotating pretty well on my shot. I just have to uh correct, you know, either I don't I think he was it hit front rim first so mm-hmm. just got to correct my, how I'm, I'm putting it up there is from a strength standpoint so well they did have the wilson balls there are nike balls out there so i mean there's some silver lining there because i was look look at, at one point in that game i was looking for anything to blame i mean i was <laughs> i was digging deep i was about to start tweeting nike burnt tweeting a picture of a nike ball on fire but uh anyway that was the game first row or i guess kind of quasi row test neutral right. site test in america uh, against a it was a quad one right. and a I'm uh, actually shocked Memphis isn't ranked right now, but they will be after this. And yeah, yeah cool because sure. they lost correct me if I'm wrong here, but transit of property. Didn't Memphis lose to St. Louis by five? Did. Yeah. Yes. Uh six. So if we count transit of property, because Auburn beat St. Louis by more than that. Auburn actually won tonight's game. Just <laughs> the science I can't make up. And now here's gonna be a really interesting one. Do you know who Memphis plays next? No, actually. Number eight, Alabama. Oh, okay. And man, oh man, if they lose that game, that'll be, they being Alabama, will be hilarious just by some of the tweets that I've gotten from some of those people on there. So bookmarks will be alive and well. But uh, if they do win that game, Alabama will, I'm I'm circling that they will end up losing to Alabama State. So, well, so anyway. here's the thing. Um the, he had a, an amazing game. Um, Davis for them did come up gimpy at the end. His he had been having some ankle issues, 
So if he's not 100% in that game, you're welcome, Bama. Oh my gosh, that would be that would totally be uh be their luck to have Auburn out of all people break one of their uh break one of their break one of their best players. But uh yeah, so I guess I, I said that when I said Alabama State that Memphis plays Alabama State. I didn't mean Alabama played Alabama State, I had to correct myself there. But Alabama's next game because they play Memphis on the thirteenth, and then I think they've uh, then they got that game with Gonzaga and Birmingham, and then they play Jackson State, so it'd be an interesting, uh, interesting oh, yeah, little Jackson stretch State for them. The they, they lose. <laughs> that would be God. Be so, and they beat Gonzaga too. That would just be incredible if you beat. Yeah, North Carolina when they were ranked number one, you beat Houston. You go and beat which will at that time be a ranked Memphis team, and then you beat Gonzaga and you drop a just drop a double digit loss to Jackson State. That would be the most textbook situation there but auburn uh auburn should hopefully have a get right game this upcoming wednesday with georgia state and then you got mm-hmm. another uh tough road doozy traveling to usc and washington so we'll see how much of these um kinks they get to iron out and i agree i do think memphis is probably a little bit better than being unranked now i think that will iron out pretty quickly i guess they had that yeah they had at one point lost to seton hall and they played st louis at st louis early and st louis is a better like they're not a bad team. No, St. Louis is a really good team. They're scrappy. So, they have probably one of the best point guards in the country. Even though Wendell Green will tell you, you know, you, you judge a point guard by who wins the game. So he he won that game. So he's a better <laughs> point guard. Um, but uh, probably one of the best point guards in the country, and um, and just a, a really scrappy team. So uh, they that beat. Was a uh, they had a pretty convincing day being Memphis. Uh, two games ago, had a very convincing. Win over Ole Miss. Now, granted, you know Ole Miss is not a, a world beater in the SEC, but they have played. They beat them, and they beat Vanderbilt by uh, seventy six to sixty seven. So, I mean, they've Memphis is Memphis is duking it out with some uh, with some SEC teams here. They also beat they also beat uh, Nebraska, and let me go up here too, because Nebraska had a uh, pretty close game with Purdue, who is number four right now. So that was a uh, that that came down to the wire wire there so nebraska is six and five but playing playing close teams close you might be just a tad better than uh people give them credit for but all the same memphis not a bad ball club you're going to see that ranking come up on them soon it's going to be interesting to see what memphis ends up doing against alabama and texas i mean memphis just about said you know what we're going to play an SEC SEC schedule schedule, yeah you got memphis old miss auburn Alabama, Texas A&M. So you got five SEC schools in your non-con play. So that's uh, that's pretty pretty wild right there. So I guess we'll give uh, Memphis an honorary SEC uh, ranking, or maybe let them in the tournament for somebody just from that alone. But anyway, good test for Auburn. Hopefully, the get right game is truly getting right. Hopefully, some of our guys that uh, had some struggles tonight can see if they can figure the, figure the rhythm out. But it's going to be really interesting to see all the notes that we took from tonight and see how they get adjusted and see what impacts that they have against Georgia State and then rebound that to what it looks like with USC and Washington. Yep, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in these next couple of games. All right, well, let's get out of here. Um, Good conversation about an unfortunately bad game for Auburn, but we will definitely be back at you guys uh, breaking down uh, the next few matchups that we have here. Um, Till the next time, you guys are definitely listening to the Auburn Express here traveling into Lobtown, and I'm here with my guy Auburn Memes. We'll be back at you guys soon. War Eagle, we're out. <laughs>